not even sure how that works, to be honest with you. How what works? Yeah, sometimes uh, you get excited. Sometimes things just excite you. It's being excitable, I suppose. You know what excites me? I give up. Me either. I was I was asking you an honest question. Like, well, no, I, I don't know what excites you. No, I've never either. I've never tried to excite you. Well, you ever seen me get excited? Yeah, every time you order shots, that when I don't want shots, that makes yeah, you very that, <laughs> that that excites you to no end. Back in the day, that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing. Back in the day, like earlier this year, that was it a thing. made me laugh a lot. You know, <laughs> sometimes you just got to giggle. <laughs> oh Here Jesus! Here we are once again. Here we are back again. Yeah. So, uh, so what's uh, what's on your agenda today, there, fella? Well, I sent you that article. Yeah. And I don't know, I just kind of wanted to get into it because it was like an LA Times article about how California cuisine essentially is taking over Europe and these European chefs are, how, how can I put this? Uh, a joke? <laughs> Stale pitch. No? A joke, that's funny. No, but essentially they're, they're, ta- they're taking their spin of what they think California cuisine is and then implementing it across you know like what there was one in switzerland there's you know a bunch in portugal a bunch of spain france i mean it's essentially it's what american chefs did with french cuisine here and then but they're flipping it and making california cuisine theirs in europe do you know what the difference is i i give up california cuisine or uh, french cuisine is a real cuisine i i think california cuisine is a real cuisine how would you define that well, California cuisine is just every everybody that's that lives in California, all the cultures that came here, Mexicans, Asians, uh, blacks, I mean Caucasian cuisine, whatever that is. And then that there is Caucasian cuisine. Don't yeah, tomato tomato. Yeah, French cuisine is Caucasian cuisine. Well, that's French cuisine. But like all the immigrants that are here, like all the you know, just all the rugged, you know, 49er isms and all the way they ate and then just everything just intermingled. And then we used what ingredients we had and we cooked with it. So, mm. I mean, essentially that's, that's what sounds I like think California like cuisine is. But it sounds like you're describing Seattle too. I mean, sure. That Seattle Chicago. Has, I mean, Chicago. Yeah. New York. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Southern cuisine. Any is, large city. No, but California is. Here's the here's the scoop, and I'm going to tell you. I don't believe there's anything that's really truly considered California cuisine. Most people equate California cuisine to avocados and or like a farm to table. What's seasonal? Which to me is a joke anyway, because uh, I used to joke that I lived in San Diego because I love seasons, so I lived in a town that skipped all the shitty ones. That's a Daniel Tosh joke. You stole that from Daniel Tosh. I 100% <laughs> did, and I ride it all the time. I love it. It's one of my favorites, but it's true. You know, and then people are, because I've heard the argument before, well, California cuisine is all about seasonality. Well, so is Kaiseki cuisine. How long has it been around? Longer than California. I don't see that infiltrating Europe. I don't even know what Kaiseki is. So Kaiseki cuisine is in Japan. And what it is, is these guys, the cooks, the people that are working in these restaurants actually live there. And they cook specifically for what is in season almost on a weekly basis. And they actually bring in natures of element to help you connect to what's happening outside the restaurant itself. So uh, if they're doing, let's say, a tea-smoked, I don't know, uh, tea-smoked house-made tofu or whatever it may be, because it's wintertime or it's fall, they may actually miss the outside of the containers with a little bit of water to, to kind of bring that rain element in to help you connect to, to what's actually happening. 
they've been doing this for thousands of years, right? So the idea of California cuisine to me is more of a sales pitch uh, than it is a real cuisine because you can't really define it. I mean, you have taco shops, which are like to me, San Diego, that's Southern California food right there, right? But it's inherently Mexican, so we get that. You have Pan-Asian food, uh, which has not twisted or really changed much since coming to California. It's, I mean, with the exception of Panda Express and the idea of General Tso's chicken, which isn't even real, because um, there was no General Tso. Well, I mean, American Chinese food is... Gross. Well, it's it's traditionally, like, sweeter for the American palate, though. I mean, right. that's a given. I mean, they, they did change that to suit American taste. They did. They also uh, brought over fortune cookies, which aren't Chinese at all. They're Japanese. So... And there's a giant factory in San Francisco that I went to once in culinary school. Did you really? I think so, yeah. So you took a French twill batter, you put a fortune inside of it in Japan, and you brought it to America and called it Chinese cookies, fortune cookies. Hey, you know what? That <laughs> is true fusion. Give me my lucky numbers so I can play them for the lottery. Yeah, has that ever worked out? I, I, you know what? I would love to know if that's ever worked out for anybody. That's actually a good question. That'd be amazing. I think that's like a that has to be like a one in a billion chance. You know, if I'm that one billion, I'll take it. True. I don't know, man. I mean, I just like I read the article and and uh, and I knew about some of this beforehand. I mean, the idea of like in and out going over there and having a five and a half hour line for a double double, I get that because it's kind of a niche, kitschy thing that that you're not going to see over there, right? Egg slut, I get it. But to form a what, in- they're op- they're opening up the third location. In yeah, what them. was it in London, right? In London, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That, that's great. I mean, that is that is like it's it's awesome to see companies that have that kind of support um, and have that kind of popularity, you know, on an international scale. But the idea of creating a kitchen or a restaurant calling it California cuisine to me is it's nearly absurd because you can't really define it. I mean, sure, you have a melting pot of, of immigration that has created this amazing food culture but in all honesty i mean california food culture from san diego to san francisco are polar opposites it's completely different and then you go inland to sacramento and you have this whole different variety of food so it's not really any one thing that you can put your finger on it's not like saying i like northern italian food okay well i know i'm going to get grains i know i'm going to get beef i know i'm going to get potatoes southern italian food i know i'm going to get pastas like you can define those pretty clearly you can't do that in california it's just it's too hodgepodge it's too melting well i mean that's Essentially, isn't that what they're saying, though? They're making a hodgepodge of food. And one of their brunch items is avocado toast. So that makes it California. That is completely California. <laughs> 100% California. Serve it with almond milk and you're really California at that point. Or uh, skim soy. Either one. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to go into another almond milk rant. No, man. I, you know what? If people still eat almonds, fuck them. Like, I, I, can't, I can't help you. But you should stop drinking milk because that's disgusting. And you should stop buying all your fucking beef from grocery stores if you're still doing that sorry it's a whole nother thing i mean no i know i know you got it you know i uh i realized i'm very opinionated opinionated yeah you you realize that like just was that, was that a recent revelation it really was it truly was i thought at first i was just argumentative for the sake of being an, like an asshole but the truth is like i have some very strong feelings about things i didn't know that oh uh, i i'm going with both of those you're both of those things Oh, that's not very fair. <laughs> that's mean-spirited. Uh, you are heavily opinionated and you are argumentative for asshole's sake. Yeah, for the sake of it. And I'm sarcastic as the day is long. I feel like once I've driven my point home, I continue to drive it. Oh, you, you think, you told me the other day you thought you could beat God in a sarcasm off. Sarcasm Still off. Still do. 
Well, it depends on which God you're talking about. Are we Jehovah? Are we you know, Muhammad? The, you know, the, the... Muhammad is a prophet. He's not God. It's all the same God. Not sure. Allah, Allah means God. In, yeah. It's all, they all Jews, Muslims. I wasn't there. Christians all believe in the same God. They just have different interpretations of the history of their proper religions. I'm not sure about that. I'm not a scholar that way. So I can't speak intelligently to it. But you just tried to say Muhammad was a God. But I, I can tell you. I didn't say Muhammad was a God. I said I could beat him in sarcasm. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could have beat Muhammad in sarcasm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like if there was a true inventor of sarcasm, it was me in a different life. It, it wasn't you. It was, it was probably God himself because everything derives from God. So and Again, depends on which God you're talking about. No, no. If we're talking about the, the Christian interpretation of God. Well, Joseph Smith was considered a deity by some of his followers. Yes, but that's just that's another... God? That's a spin. Was that the same as Allah? Or? Mormons also believe that God was a man before he became God. So he was one of us. And then rose to the, to the status of God. And then yeah, from there, no, it's not though. It's ridiculous. Egyptians believe the same thing. The pharaohs are gods. Where the, was it that the pharaohs were gods? Yep. I'm not have to look into that. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's true. I don't believe uh, you. Well, you don't have to. I was there. I saw it. When I invented sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Standing at the base of Giza when it was being built. I was like, this will never work. <laughs> All I'm saying is you could not beat the Alpha and the Omega in a in, in a in a sarcasm off. All I'm saying he, is he invented sarcasm. God gave us free will and said, "Where there's will, there's possibility." And through Christ, our Lord and Savior, all things are possible. So I'm going with that. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic. All of a sudden, back to avocado toast. By the way, welcome to a podcast where we have no script. Uh, no real direction and we have no idea what we're going to do minute to minute so hope you're buckled up buckled up enjoy the ride no so i mean the definition aren't even californian anymore they're mexican you might as well call it cartel toast oh geez do you believe that in europe they're getting avocados from california i actually no. i'd have to i'd have to google where they get their their avocados from i i don't believe they're coming from california california can't produce enough uh, due to water restrictions, because people keep eating almonds. Even, I mean, most people in California don't use California uh, avocados. Almost everything's brought from Mexico. And that is true. We do get all of our avocados. Well, I don't want to say all of them. But a vast majority. We do get a vast majority from, from Mexico. Yeah, because San Diego is the leading, uh, San Diego County up through Escondido is the leading purveyor or producer of avocados in the state. And that, I mean, you've seen that place. It's not big enough to produce the number of avocados we use. No. Hold on. I don't know how to spell avocados. Aguacate? Well, I know how to spell aguacate. Okay. Oh, the main supplier to the European market is Peru, actually. Cartel. There's no cartels in Peru. Been to Peru? No, I do want to go to Peru, though. That's on the I list. I actually really want to go to Peru. Peru? Followed by Chile, South Africa, Israel, Mexico, and Kenya. All those are, all those are cartel-related. <laughs> Except for Israel. And South Africa? South Africa's got are you kidding me? South Africa, not the traditional cartel like we think of Mexico, but dude, there's some violence in in Africa. Oh, South Africa, especially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, between the great whites just offshore and people with gold-plated AK-47s, I wouldn't go there. I, I feel like you're just like basing your African thoughts on what you see in movies now. You know what? That's actually accurate. <laughs> 
yeah. saw blood you saw blood diamond once saw and, blood diamond and, then, <laughs> yeah. and i saw uh what was it uh god of war with nicholas cage when he's in africa oh yeah great movie yeah great movie only only nicholas cage movie i think i liked so oh. that's crazy that there's just an go ahead i never i never knew that avocados came from from so many different places yeah they're temperate zone no, I, I mean, I get that, but yeah, they, they I always grow, just thought Mexico. No, they grow almost in the same climate as uh, cacao trees, mm. north and south of the equator. But that's why... That's sweet spot. That's why That's why the Spaniards were able to take cacao and take, grow them in Africa. And, right. right yeah. And they need hillside for drainage. Mm, you can't it. grow in valleys. Uh, they are super, super uh, temperamental when it comes to temperature. Mm-hmm. So you have to grow them along hillsides because usually valleys get too cold during the wintertime and will kill all the fruit um, and it'll damage the, the root system in such a way that they won't fruit for the following spring. So that's why you almost see every avocado tree on a hillside. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I should have been a farmer. You should have been. You know a lot about farming for some. not a who... dairy farmer. I couldn't live with myself. You, you wouldn't want to just like do this to, to cows all day long. That's not what they do. No, I know. They hook them up to machines and hook them up pump, machines. pump the shit out of them. Yeah. Dude, they get like a dairy. So most cows have like a 25-year life expectancy. Dairy cows are like 8 to 10 at best. And they're called spent cows by the time they're done because they continuously impregnate these cows to keep them lactating. They pump them full of hormones and HGH so they can grow them fast to get the milk going quickly. I don't think it's HGH. You keep saying it's, HGH. It's human growth hormones. I don't think it's human growth hormones. I think it's just hormones like uh, extra estrogen testosterone hold on you know we're gonna look up hgh in cows i'm gonna i'm also gonna look up hgh in cows Uh, i spilled cones i don't think there's i don't think there's hgh in yep uh they use a combination of hgh and then bst which is a bovine version of the same thing that they have taken from human hormones so here's the deal it put put whatever hormones you want to the side for a minute they pump some sort of hormone to, to grow them quickly right and then they keep them lactating for eight to 10 years. And then they're known as spent cows. The body can no longer physically produce milk. They can't even stand up on their own because they live the last 10 years on their feet, just shitting out cattle once a year. Uh, and then you know what they do with them? They send them off to slaughter. So every time you go to like your favorite grocery store for Father's Day or 4th of July and you see ribeye steaks from $23 a pound on sale right now for $7.99, spent cow, buddy. <laughs> Disgusting. Or cheap ground, or they also sell it for cheap ground beef to commodity places like McDonald's and Jack in the Box. You can get cheap burgers, so fucking gross. <laughs> I mean, put 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 your put the argument aside about whether or not you believe uh, growth hormone should be in our animals or not. Put away the the uh, take take your personal feelings out of it, and just from a completely compassionate and empathetic standpoint, is that really the way to raise cattle? Well, like, no, but. Again, if we're going to go back into our capitalism argument, this is what capitalism gets you. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean... Which is why I said capitalism used to have accountability. It doesn't anymore. Well, no, it doesn't. So, I mean, this is how we get the things that we get now. And this is why we're in the last days of capitalism. There there has to be a change at some point. Oh, I thought you meant last days of Earth. Like we're in... Uh, yeah fingers crossed still fingers crossed on that i i told you i still want to see what what that looks like i'm kind of hoping it's the end too i'm ready for it (laughs) you should like pull the plug already 
our Lord and Savior, if you're around right now, can you hear me? I want to see angels come down and smite people. So. Yeah, I want to see them smite the dairy industry first, and then every almond eater. Like, in that order. Wait, did I eat almonds this week? I might have eaten almonds this week. Oh, shame on you. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. I got the wasabi soy almonds. They're so good. <laughs> they, are, they are delicious. Um, delicious. No one's going to argue that. Speaking anyway, of, is that is that what you're going you're, you're gonna to do for Father's Day? You know, throw some cheap patties on the grill? and. No, I'm going to a Mariners game. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Who are they playing? I don't know. Oh, you're, you're 100% invested in this. Yeah, I got invited. I am going to go to the uh, Padres Mariners game in, in September, though. That was very loud. That was an email. <laughs> Sorry. Padres. That would be bleeping something out. Um, <laughs> yeah, Padres, uh, Padres and Mariners, I think, are in, are in September. Oh, nice. So yeah, that should be a good game. That should be a good series. I think so. Even though you're not really a Padres fan, but well, I mean, it's hard to get behind a team that constantly lets you down. It's like being married. How do you stay in that relationship? Constant letdowns. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's the case for every marriage, but maybe some marriages are, are like that. Only speaking from my own personal experiences, I suppose. Okay. Well, you know what? Sometimes and, and most other every marriage I've ever seen. <laughs> Like my former brother-in-law, you're going to tell me those guys are happy? Come on, man. Like, give me a break. I know better. I think they're both very happy. I think you're delusional. I think I think they're very happy in their relationships, and I that's why they have, they have stayed in their relationships as long as they have. They can't go anywhere else. It's a lack of options. It's like when you go... Everybody like, has options. Oh, man. Sometimes you just get in such a rut that you don't feel like you have options. It's like going to a restaurant. Like, for the first time, I walk into a kitchen... We're talking about menus and like, oh, this is our best seller. My first question is, is it your best seller because it's good? Or is it lack of options on the menu? Like those are two different conversations we have to have both. Same thing. Is that marriage good or is there a lack of options? They can't go anywhere. Those dudes, just, they're stuck. They would lose that's, everything. They're not stuck. Yeah, they're stuck. They're not stuck. They lose everything. They can't afford to lose that. They're not stuck. If they really wanted to go, they, they would go. Well, all right. Do you see it the way you see it? through your liberalistic uh, viewpoints and I see it the way I see it, through a thing called reality. It's a good shade to wear. You should try it. I don't know why you're laughing right now. Really <laughs> you can't blame everything on my liberalism. That's that's ridiculous. It's all I have. <laughs> it's like my one... I don't have a trash bag of excuses like most people. I just have one card I play. <laughs> reality? The reality yeah. card? Well, I have two cards. I have reality and uh, uh, liberalism. It's like the yellow card and the red card for football. <laughs> footy yeah you know what in fact that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get a yellow card and a red card and every time we start talking i'm just gonna pull one up so you already know what i'm thinking that way you know we can just pull the conversation out of it and i think life would work better if you had a yellow card and a red card you First, just you just keep bragging up those emails busy guy allegedly <laughs> allegedly what they think are you still working like have you gone to work have you gone to work this week yeah well, your... <laughs> yeah that's what i thought i mean you're, you're you're still not working i'm working you trained well i'm hiring got We're it. In the hiring process the building's a shell right now it's not even ready so we can't get small wars orders in we can't do anything so we're just kind of stuck holding pattern and so. you're getting you're getting paid for this holding pattern absolutely good for you yeah i go to atlanta next week oh really I fly out on a Sunday, fly back on Saturday, six days. 
Are you gonna you gonna text Cuz when you're there? Thought about it. I just I don't know how much time I'm gonna have. So we'll see. You should have him take you to everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He knows all the spots. There's everything that every and in every city too. Well, in most cities. A lot of cities. A lot of cities. He travels. He travels, travels. You know what? He's got a terrible life. <laughs> yeah, his kids are all in college. His, his, his wife looks amazing. His, yeah, his aunt retired from Southwest, so he flies anywhere. And she he was her uh travel partner, so he flies anywhere he wants for the rest of his life for free because she retired. I mean, he's he's got the greatest life ever. Dude, he was telling me that he, uh their last trip to Europe. He upgraded a first class for he and his family, and it was like eleven hundred dollars round trip. Really, for yeah. the whole family? The whole family. That's like five people. Yeah, I was like, I can't get my kids to Nashville for under eight hundred. <laughs> talking about like, what the fucking cause? You know what? I'm not cooking for you anymore. How's that sound? How's that make you feel? Oh man. Yeah, that's so, that's insane. so you're gonna be at the TG in, in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, you know what's crazy is there's no California cuisine in Atlanta. Oh, sorry. Were you drinking? Yeah, I was drinking. Yeah, my bad. No, I'm sure you can find a restaurant with California cuisine. I'm sure you can find a Mex- Mexican restaurant. I'm sure there's tons of Southern restaurants, though. Well, is that California cuisine or is that Mexican? No, no. I like. I mean, in all honesty, and I, I hate to go full circle, or, or I' glad we go full circle. Seriously, like, you really can't define California cuisine. It's it's too much. There's too much influence. There's too many people. There's too many it's, things it's, happening. It's farm the table cuisine. Okay. So um, what's it? Uh, Blue Hill Farms in New York. Is that California cuisine? Because they're farm to table? No, okay. that's Remember? New York cuisine. Oh, but they're farm to table. Right. Patch in 39 the- in Nashville's farm to table. Is that California cuisine? Is that farm to table? I mean, they lifted. They lifted has been farm to table for thousands of years. Why aren't we Kaiseki cuisine and not uh, California? Help me out here. I, well, you know what? I can't help you out. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Much like I will argue till the end of my time, you will never admit when anybody else is right about something. You will just dig in your heels. You're like an obstinate Mexican goat. I swear to God, you are. <laughs> You're like, I don't care if so much is right or not. I'm not saying a fucking thing. Fucking... <laughs> You're wrong, sir. <laughs> you are wrong. You know I mean, couldn't even agree to that, could you? <laughs> <laughs> right there, you just played into my own hand. Oh, Jesus. I appreciate that. No, but I mean, seriously, it, it is one of those things where I don't truly believe there's a way to define it. It's California cuisine is what exactly? It's from California? All right. Well, I mean, we do have local ingredients, yeah. Sure. Uh, you also have every ingredient on the planet there. Think about San Diego. It, cooking in San Diego, there is nothing that's not on the table. You can have anything you want within that, a day. That is very true. Okay. That's not really farm to table. That's just accessibility. And most of California just has access to everything because we don't really have seasons. I mean, we do, but we don't. There's not a lot of winter. And I mean, in the higher country, in the higher mountains, yeah, of course. But on the farming regions, dude, people can farm year round. And I mean, you can get lettuce fresh year round in mm. California. And that is very true. You can't do that in other parts of the world. So the idea of farm to table, like in Italy or anywhere else, uh, farm to table is literally what can I grow right now? California doesn't have that issue. That's true. We we have so much farmland that we use for so many things. Yeah. And then we're we're like right on the water. We're right on the borders. Yeah. Like 
anything that we need from South America is here. Anything that we need from shit, even like the middle of the country, you can, even you can, fishing. You can get you can get seafood from Hokkaido overnighted in San Diego and LA. Like, I mean, it just you can anything you want anytime you want in California. Hmm. So you can't really talk about seasonality or farm to table because it doesn't really exist. It's just everything's accessible twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Nothing's off the table. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You're right on that. So, you know, the idea of California cuisine being farm to table is kind of not really accurate. I mean, most restaurants in California don't really practice a true farm to table. Uh, most of them aren't rooftop gardening. Most of them aren't using, I mean, some are, some of the, some of the best restaurants clearly are, but a vast majority, I mean, you've got what a handful that do that. And then the vast majority is just whatever I can get from Cisco, you know, U.S. foods, L.A. produce. Mm, specialty blah 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 yeah all of them you know all your all your mainline vendors so it's not really that farm to table concept you know blue hill farm is true farm to table like they have a farm they go out and they pick what the land is providing at that time sean brock in nashville does the same thing husk does the same thing i mean there's amazing restaurants that do the same thing but it's not california cuisine it's just literally what is the land providing right now which is how food should be i've said it to you before and i know you argue with me all the time we are forced into food when it first began back in its early days. You got to figure this is the, what the second oldest industry in the world next to prostitution. But food has always been a, a it's been an agreement. It's it, it, you've had to go into some sort of commitment with the landscape in hopes that it's going to provide for you what you need at that time. It, it's peasant versus landscape has how it's always been. And in every country in the world, None of them produce the way America has. When the, when the colonists first got here and the first two chefs in America, um, James Hemings and Hercules Posey, they didn't have the issues that you have in China or Russia or any parts of Europe or Spain where seasonality truly has to happen and they can only cook what was there at the time. They had a, a bounty of everything around them. They could get anything year round when they first got here. There was so much cattle, bison, produce. Like it was not... They were not short of anything. And so as American cuisine was kind of born, if you can even call it American cuisine, we as, as professional cooks didn't have to adapt our, our cooking styles to harder grains or harder vegetables or, or off cuts of meat because it was easier for us to grab a shit ton of spent cow ribeyes and throw them on a grill. You know, so the idea that California has its own cuisine or America has a cuisine at that point is, is kind of farce to me. If, well, I, I mean, the natives had their cuisine and yeah. they, they, were, they were living off land and they were they were using what whatever the land provided and you know they were using every part of you know whatever they were hunting whether it was yeah. venison or bison i mean they yeah, were using every single part you're absolutely correct they were doing it on a non-commercial <clears throat> base because they were nomadic tribes that were not a they weren't a country man they were they were like individual st pockets of states that were warring all the time um whoa, whoa, whoa. No, well not, all, not of them, all of them not all of them but there was a there was a there was a there was a large chunk that did not get along there was warring tribes throughout all of the native americans but you're also talking about the 15 16 17 early 1800s you're not talking about like when modern cooking came into play you know modern modern cooking didn't really start until or real cooking quote unquote uh professional cooking didn't really start until the you know when people started getting paid like in the mid 1700s and it didn't really hit america you know, as professionalism, as professional until late 1800s. And even then, America didn't really give a shit about food until, as much as I hate to say it, until fucking Spago hit. Like, you know, mm, the, 40s okay. and, the 40s and 50s were all about survival. The 60s, you know, you had 
so many fast food companies that were starting like McDonald's and Burger King and all these other ones. And as women were entering the workforce, we got brainwashed, so to speak, through commercialism that cooking at home was was messy. It was time consuming. It was expensive. And so you started getting all this convenience food built for you, which actually correlates with the uptick in cancer in our country, believe it or not. Um, diabetes and diabetes and, and yeah, allergies and, and heart and disease and obesity, like all of it ties back into commercially great or you know, commercially processed foods, the way we've been eating over the last 50 years. Julia Child, when she first came on TV, kind of made cooking cool in America, but it wasn't until Spago really hit in the early 90s that people really started recognizing food, like on a national level. I mean, it was it was a limelight. It was the first time there was a, a rock star kind of Hollywood, um, you know, professional athlete type of sports, if you will. And that is kind of what triggered things for cooking to be super cool in America. And then, you know, you had guys like Thomas Keller and everybody else that picked up the torch from there. So the Native Americans aren't really... Like, yeah, they were doing everything that everybody else was doing at the same time, right? They were living off the lands. We changed that. McDonald's actually changed that in the 50s, um, which we've already talked about. And that's when commercial farming changed. And that's when we as, we as cooks began to change. But when you got here, and as a professional cook, like certain cuts of beef really weren't popular. I mean, flat iron steaks weren't popular until, what, mid-2000s when people realized they were super tasty, very inexpensive, and learned how to cook them and cut them properly. You know, shoulder clods, same thing. So all these beefs, all, all these cuts of beef that people have been using for hundreds of years because they had to, became popular out of need because ribeyes and fillets became too expensive. We didn't do it because we had to. We did it because we couldn't afford anything else. You know, the cost of food was just getting too high. So we never adopted those early skill sets the way most other countries had to. And I think that's a real, real travesty of American cooking, if I'm being honest. Do you, think, do you think that other countries have, have better cuisines in America? hundred percent like better, better national cuisines. I guess it depends on how you define better. Um, well, I mean, just more, eh, I guess, I guess there is a way to change that. Yeah. Like uh, if I was going to put, like if you were going to have a, a, a great food throwdown, a uh, finger quote, and I was going to put like, I don't know, quesadilla tacos up against some amazing curry from Thailand. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that would fare out really. You know, so I guess it depends on how you're looking at it, but I think other countries, I think other countries, if you take the idea of cuisine off the table, I think other countries have better farming practices. I think they have better quality food. Um, I think they have safer, cleaner food um, because of the way they treat their lands and their, the, the, the way they upbring all of their animals. Not Korea. Korea is disgusting. Um, their farm-raised fish is actually worse than America, if you can believe it. But I, I think, you know, if you go to Thailand or you go even to Japan, um, Germany, any of the other countries, and you see how they farm and what their commercialized farming looks like in comparison to America, you'd be, you'd be shocked. So from that really? perspective, yes, I think other countries have better food. Germany, even Germany, even Germany is still a lot of fun. Like that, that concept of farm to table, most of those restaurants in Germany are literally living off whatever the farmers around them have. When it's cattle season, it's cattle season. When it's sheep, it's sheep. You know, in, in Italy, come springtime, most of the restaurants will change their entire menu to celebrate asparagus because it's in season right now. Mm -hmm. We we pin them up. Uh, we, we have, you know, 10 floors of corrugated metal uh, flooring for chickens to shit all over each other as we raise them as fast as we can with, you know, whatever hormones we can put in them to, to get them to market as quickly as possible. It's kind of fucking gross. So. Shit so, covered chickens. That's, yeah. yeah, that's disgusting. It's pretty bad. 
you know, and, and there's been, there's been people that have actually filmed this stuff and it's, it's not like, it's not known. It's just, they try to cover it up and they try to keep it quiet because could you imagine like if, if a true documentary about dairy industry hit Netflix, like the haven't dairy. there been, haven't there been a couple? Yeah, but they've been pulled off like really quickly. Like they would go around for a little bit and then all of a sudden Netflix would get rid of them. Like, it's not like, it's not like Peaky Blinders, which is on there all the time. Right. I mean, full of <laughs> drugs, alcohol and violence um but like or, or even chef's table which is on there all the time if they did a version of chef's table for commercialized american farming i think people would be horrified and i think it would change the landscape of of what we do and how we do it very quickly i, think I, don't, I, I don't think so americans have such a short attention span that that's they... on netflix huh that's why you have to keep it on netflix like let them see it well, they'd watch it once and they'd be horrified for a couple of weeks and then they move on to the next thing. Right back to McDonald's. <laughs> right back, yeah. Right back to McDonald's, right back to Popeyes and KFC. And... I know. It's a pipe dream of my own. I get it. I've never been somebody who would consider himself a, an activist by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like anymore I've, I've become a little more vocal in what I truly believe. And, and when it comes to the food processes here in America, I think it fucking sucks balls, man. I think we've, we've shat all over it. Just like those chickens shit on themselves. Uh, chicken shit on themselves. That's, we got we got three minutes. They shit on their neighbors. Downstairs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus, it's disgusting. It is. It is disgusting. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's uh, like, what would you rather have? A, a chicken that shits all over itself that's natural, or shits on its neighbor that's natural, or a three D printed chicken nugget from Germany from Russia? I actually think that I want. I'd prefer to have those 3D printed chicken nuggets. I agree. 100%. Like, I don't know the science that goes into it, but I guarantee you all the prepackaged shit that you have in your refrigerator is already, like, it's a hair shy of fucking 3D printing as it is. So, like, what's worse? A chicken with no beak that's crapping all over its neighbor and shitting out eggs at, a, you know, the highest rate of speed just to be butchered and find itself in a fucking Foster's farm package in your local grocery store or something that's kind of clean and comes from a combination of, of animal protein. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a veggie based patty. I don't know, man. I, it's yeah. It's like a mixture of animal yeah. protein and veggie protein and kind of leaning towards 3d. I mean, NASA has been doing it. They're never wrong. If it's good enough for astronauts, it's good enough for us. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no astronaut by any stretch of the imagination. On that note. Has it really been an hour? It's Yeah, it's been 40 minutes. Jesus Christ, where's the time go? Forward, always. Yeah, always. Never always stops. Forward. Never stops moving. I'm yeah, Darian. Cool. I'm Adam. So what are you doing today, man? What are your plans? Uh, I'm going to make some pancakes. At noon. Yeah, well, I haven't eaten yet. I just barely got up. Oh, gotcha. And nice. it's 11. It's 11 in the morning. I still got time. Oh, yeah. My stuff's still in that uh, one it, hour ahead time zone. It's it's brunch. It's brunch time. So. Yeah, bottomless brunch time. What are you going to do? It's where you go to brunch with no pants on. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to Walrus and Carpenter restaurant up here in Seattle, Oyster Bar. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I'm going with a couple of coworkers. So it should be delicious. I love oysters and mussels and clams. Are you, are you going to pay this time? Or? pay every time no they're gonna use corporate cards so i'm not interested yeah yeah as you should yeah i mean find the vein tap in (laughs) getting paid not to work using the company card your boss says where are we going to to late lunch early dinner tonight and i pop off with something like that and i'm like great join us it's you know it's on top like what am i supposed no 
I'd like to take care of my own bill. Thank you very much. Fuck that. Like, no, no. On. And and you can use it as research, quote unquote Absolutely. research. Absolutely. We are many <laughs> researching things. We're talking about how this might affect the Seattle market and, uh, you know, what should we be doing different? Nothing, nothing different. Cool. All right. Well, at least we did our homework. So Jesus on that note. <laughs>